Hello, my name is Ayana Major Bay, and welcome to The Artist Pivot, a weekly conversation with artists about their current pivot, past pivots, and every pivot in between. On this episode, I am joined by actress Martina Sykes. She hails from St. Petersburg, Florida, and graduated from the University of Florida. She was in Motown the Musical, both on Broadway and the national tour, and has been on the Lion King national tour for almost three years. Martina is also the founder and owner of The Heart Mission, which is a 501c3 community service-based organization designed by artists of the Broadway community to give back to the community through acts of service. We discuss how volunteering with Broadway Serves gave her the opportunity to change her perspective to abundance, the inner work we all have time to do now, and how knowing our value will inform how we return to the entertainment industry. Here's our conversation. Miss Martina. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. (laughs) How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am doing wonderful. I am on the microphone with you, so I am doing amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Back on the mic with the dynamite. Okay, with the dynamites. Hey, if y'all don't know, (laughs) well, you probably don't know. Martina and I met, oh gosh, uh, it's 2020, right? Was it, yeah, I think it was 2011 we met. Mm -hmm. And we did a production of Hairspray together. Yes, in Hudson, Florida. Yes. Yes, yes. And you're in Florida right now, aren't you? Of course. I'm here chilling with the family, quarantining, trying to get away from these crazy people in Florida who don't know how to do that. Well, yep. (laughs) Yep, we know that. We know that. And you're originally from Florida, right? Yes, I was born actually in Newark, New Jersey, and I moved Hey! Hey! Come on, Jersey! (laughs) Um, I moved to Florida when my dad was called to pastor at a church in St. Petersburg when I was five. Got it. So Florida by way of Jersey. Yeah. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm a Jersey girl, so. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so what have you been up to in this quarantine? I mean, spending all the time I can with family, because uh, as you know, I haven't been able to do that much. And mm-hmm. I've been working a lot with my nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, because my nonprofit is based in Florida, St. Petersburg, Florida. So I've been doing everything I can to make the kind of impact that I want to, or that I've wanted to over the years that I haven't been able to, um, before life returns back to normal as we know it, or whatever that normal looks like. That makes sense. That makes sense. And your nonprofit is called the heart mission, correct? Yes. Yes. And so I know you started that a couple years ago, didn't you? Yes, I started it March 2016, March 24th, 2016. Okay, okay. And so tell me about how that started. So it actually started, um, I used to, well, still do when I'm on the road, but um, volunteer with Broadway Serves. And as you know, Broadway Serves is founded by three Broadway performers, Dion Figgins, Dana Marie Ingram, and Kimberly Marble. And they are amazing women. And I started volunteering with them while I was in New York. And then I became a liaison on the Motown tour. And the more I did it, the more I was like, wow, I should find a way to give back like this in my own community in St. Pete. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of drafted some ideas down of how I wanted to give back in an organization that I wanted to start and what would my ultimate goal look like. And I ran it by one of my castmates who had a foundation already. And she just kind of helped me tweak some things. And 
I honestly got to be like 100 with you. God gave me, it, it was like God gave me the idea and he gave mm-hmm. me like the events that followed. So sometimes I feel like I'm just kind of walking it out because the initial idea I, you know, drafted, but everything else after that, every event, the way things have worked out have all been God. So yeah, that's, that's how the idea came about was working with Broadway serves and seeing how that was organized so well. And then I went to a, um, I went to a shelter in Toronto and the way that they could take care of people. And it was always just by people volunteering their time or their resources, or if it was a doctor giving free samples. And it just allowed me to see that because we have abundance already in our life, even whether we know it or not, Mm -hmm. that we can actually give people what we have without needing very much assistance. If everybody just kind of pitched in and worked together and gave whatever they had left over, um, that we would be able to take care of other people in a major way. So that's how that idea came about. And I know that a couple of weeks ago, you guys had a really big event in St. Pete. And I know Papa John's was involved in that. Yes. Shout out to Papa John's because that that was amazing. So I partnered up with an organization called Door of Hope. And they are um, an organization that helps facilitate foster homes. So they're not a foster home themselves, but they they work with foster families to make sure that children get to the right homes. And then they check in on the children. And, you know, I was just kind of calling around and I was like, I haven't done anything with foster children with the heart mission. And, you know, I called, um, her name is Jenny Aguirre. I called her and I, you know, asked what was something that they needed. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said, well, you know, everybody could use a night of like dinner free dinner because COVID has been rough on everybody. A lot of these children have been displaced because of COVID or they're going into new foster homes um, due to COVID. And that transition is already hard enough with meeting new people and living with new people. But then you add on a pandemic where people are struggling financially or, you know, everybody's just kind of running around. And so to give them a night of fun and food and a relief of, they don't have to think about what they have to cook, they can just sit down and have a meal together and get to know each other Mm -hmm. would be a great thing. And so I was like, okay. And we started talking about ways that we could do that. So in Pinellas County, there were at least 50 foster homes. And so I was like, okay, I'll do a small fundraiser. Um, I got a generous generous donation from Ain't Too Proud, the producers of Ain't Too Proud by way of Khalif. Mm -hmm. And I was going to work that out. So I called Papa John's and got in touch with like the franchise owner really mm-hmm. quickly. Um, and so he was like, sure, I would love to work with you. He was like, I'll give you the pieces at a discount. So I said, okay, cool. So then I did the fundraiser, um, started, you know, I don't want to say selling selling masks, but for a contribution of $20, you got a mask with the logo on it. So that went really well, really quickly. Mm-hmm. And um because of how well it was going, I was able to add three foster care facilities. So that is like they have foster children in one particular facility and it can be up to 30 of them or 50 of them at a time. And then 
like the day before the event, Papa John's emailed me and was like, we decided to take care of 100% of the pizzas. And you know, that's a lot of pizza. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, wow. that's over 100 pizzas that they took care of, like, no problem. So because of that, the donations that are raised for Pinellas County, I'm going to do it again by the end of this month for Hillsborough County. And hopefully that'll be a hundred foster homes because there are 113 foster homes in Hillsborough County. So that's what we're aiming for next. Okay. Okay. Yes. Well, congratulations. Thank you. That is amazing. Oh, that's amazing to hear. It actually gave me chills. I'm sitting here and you're talking like, <laughs> oh, yes. Thank and you. you're so welcome. And so would you say that one, you know, starting this nonprofit was a pivot for you? Because I know you, you're a fellow actress. And so would you consider the pivot, you know, another branch of yourself? And then within the nonprofit, did you say, okay, the Heart Mission pivoted to go, okay, now we can help these people in this way? Well, the first question, I do believe that it was a pivot in my career because I used it to change my perspective. Mm. I mean, you you already know our industry is fickled. And at that time, I was broke. I wasn't booking. This was before Motown. The first Broadway serves I did was Thanksgiving of, it was 2013. Mm-hmm. So I was I was in a really bad place because I was like, man, I want to go home. Like, you know, the money isn't coming in. I'm not booking really, you know, small things here and there, but nothing major, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I, I ugh, like this sucks, you know. And I was I was getting really down on myself, and I wanted to go home. And I saw Broadway Serves was having having a event, and my brother was always like, "You need to get out and meet people in New York. You need to, you know, surround yourself with." people that, you know, actually get to know New York City. So maybe you'll like it a little better. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know what? I'll go volunteer. Right. And I went down there and it changed my perspective to see people who had less than what I had be so happy with what they had. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you are not, you are not that bad off. You're not bad off at all. You have a family that supports you. You're actually able to live your dreams, even though they haven't really manifested in a way that you think they should have yet. But there were teenagers in this, um, it was at the Covenant House. There were teenagers in there that were singing and dancing. I mean, they could sing and dance. Mm-hmm. They can't chase their dreams. They're worried about what they're going to eat. They were worried about where they're going to sleep. And I was like, yo, you have got to be more grateful. Mm. Because the position that you're in to even walk out your dreams is amazing within itself. Right. So I, I believe that community service was a pivoting moment to, to say every time when you think you have it rough, you need to do something outside of yourself or do something for other people to kind of shift your mindset and to put you back on track and put you back in a state of gratitude because you have a lot to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. So that was the first, I think, pivoting moment was even starting to do community service, going to, I think it's called St. Mary's, um, St. Mary's in Toronto was another pivot because that, that was before the heart mission. That was in October. And after I went to that shelter, that's when I drafted the idea of the heart mission. 
because I saw what kind of scale you could operate on just with volunteers and just with people using what they already have. People that were hairstylists coming in to, you know, um, do lice treatment and wash people's hair and give them a nice haircut so they could go to an interview. Doctors coming in to give free checkups, just giving their time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, you could really do something big without having to ask for people, ask for money directly, but just ask for whatever people have and their expertise. And so, yeah, I believe that that was another pivoting moment because seeing that shelter is when I knew I could do something like that in my hometown. That makes sense. That makes sense. And the fact that you were open to it, you know, because you could have had these experiences, but not been open to the idea of, oh, maybe I can do this in my own town. Maybe I am capable of doing this. And I think right now, unfortunately, because of the times we're in and as artists, we can, unfortunately, and I'm speaking from experience, put ourselves in a box and limit ourselves and not be open to things. And so the fact that you were open during those experiences and now look what has happened. Yeah. I have to say, like, during COVID, this has been the most fruitful time for mm-hmm. the heart mission. I've, I can't say I've never experienced the love on this level. I've experienced the love and people's support. But the things that have happened, like the donation from Ain't Too Proud, people teaching their online classes and giving the proceeds to the heart mission, just people being mindful of me. I, I hadn't experienced that in the past four years. And I was like, I definitely wouldn't have seen that coming because there's such a lack of resources right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so for it to have done this well during this time is like, it's incredible. It is. And I'm so excited for you. So Thank excited you. for you. You're welcome. And actually, I want to ask you a question off of something you just said, and you were talking about people being mindful of you. And so what do you hope this industry learns and is mindful of once we start getting back into the swing of things? And I know that will take a while, but what is your hope and your vision for our industry, which we know can be very fickle? I hope people are mindful of themselves. I hope people are mindful of the fact that you're a human being and this is still corporate. Um, It's what we love to do, but it's a business. And I hope people will take their business serious or learn the side of business that if something like this were to ever happen again, we would be strong enough to demand that our union would be strong enough to help us with health care, to have the producers help us with health care, or to be paid out longer than the two weeks that they were they gave people. Because we work really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're having time with family. Hopefully we're having time with family. But when you're on the road or you're on Broadway, that's eight shows a week. And unless you're mm-hmm. from New York, you're not seeing your family like that. You can't run to see them when they get sick or somebody gets married or somebody, you know, sometimes somebody dies. Sometimes you can't make it to the funeral all the time unless they are immediate family. 
Um, you can't go to every big moment in somebody's life, like your your sister's graduation, if two people are already out on vacation. Those are certain things that you're not allowed to do. And it hurts. Mm-hmm. And to have done all that work and to have been that diligent and showing up for what we love only for when something to go wrong, for them to not respond in a way that was supportive, mm-hmm. uh, it should be, it should have woke people up to see, hey, this is still a business and I need to operate as such. When I need to go home, I need to go home. Mm-hmm. When I am sick, I need to take a sick day. Those were sick days for. When I need a mental health day, I need that. I need to do that. You know, I need to take more time for myself because, you know, business is business. Mm-hmm. And it's, this, this ain't no family affair. So I hope that's what people will see from it is that we need to take ourselves more seriously. We need to make sure that we hold our union accountable and we need to start to hold these producers accountable. And we need to make sure that we are taking care of self and not putting our show and sometimes even our dream above above our health. Hmm. Make sure we create that balance between career and family or career and life. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I know exactly what you're talking about because there are many times that I've missed things over the years and you look back and go, well, you know, was it worth it when it gets to a point where you're like, something has gone wrong, but our producers or our unions aren't fully there for us. But yet all of these years we've been giving our all. Yeah. I mean, I can say like with Lion King, it's been almost three years. um, And pre-COVID, like, I had only called out seven times in two and a half years. Okay, that's amazing. I'm sorry, my healthcare is what now? You know <laughs> uh-huh. what I mean? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm only getting paid for three more weeks. Oh, and they're not even gonna they're not even gonna revisit the discussion of healthcare and health weeks. But we pride ourselves on, oh, I didn't call out, child. I didn't, you know, I didn't, you know what I mean? And I mean, that's mm-hmm. a great thing. That's about integrity. Yes. Right. But you are sick as a dog. Use your health days. Use right. your sick days. You know what I mean? If there are, is something and your family needs you, go see your family. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing more important than that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more important than your family or yourself and your life and what you need to maintain. That comes from, like you said, us, when this industry does get back up and running fully, it is us taking the responsibility a little bit more of like, yeah, no, I don't feel well, so I'm going to call out and not feeling bad about that. Yeah. And it's like, but we, where did that even come from? Why did, why would we even feel bad for calling out? Because it makes you look strong and like, you're so grateful to be in the position you're in and you have that work ethic. You didn't call out. I'm Mm -hmm. a soldier. I'm this. I'm that. Guess what? If you die, they're going to replace you. Yep. We're all we're all unemployed. Technically, Mm -hmm. nobody's getting any money. Was it worth the sacrifice? And when you go back, will it be worth it again? Mm -hmm. Because they're chilling while a lot of us are struggling with that 600 not being present anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's time to really value ourselves more and not not to say we're not from we're not 
um, in a place of privilege because we get to do what we love on such a high level and mm -hmm. that the money isn't great. It is, but we still need to value ourselves enough to know when we're not being treated fairly and when to stand up for what is fair. That's true. And I think that, you know, we were talking earlier about 2020, the perspective and, and how this year has forced us to change our perspectives. And, oh. you know, now to know, okay, no, I am worth this. And I am capable of this and worth this. And since, you know, put those two together, this is what I have to offer. And if you do not want to accept it, then that's fine. Yeah. I mean, 2020 is all about the inner work. You have nothing but time to become better spiritually, emotionally, physically, creatively, um, mentally, everything, mm -hmm. you know, to learn the things that you weren't able to learn and to learn the things that are going to put you in a position to value yourself at a higher level. You know what I mean? It's just we have the time to really do the work and to come back a lot stronger than we were when, when we left and when life returns again and we're able and we get back in that rat race to have a different race this time mm -hmm. press that restart button right and what do you hope the race looks like um i hope it looks more like equality mm. but i do know that i don't expect it to come from the people that are over us the producers and management but that's gonna come from us yeah it's going to come from us holding people accountable consistently, constantly. I'm a part of this civil rights organization, and they constantly remind us that the bus boycott was 381 days. Mm -hmm. And that's a long time. You know what I mean? That's a long time to be marching, strategizing, fighting. So when it comes to theater, the work is just beginning. People's eyes being open are just beginning. But what does that look like when things open back up and you really want that job? Hmm. And they return to business as usual or the same exact behavior that was problematic before. Because they will. Let's be honest. They will. Mm -hmm. When this blows over, they're going to think that people want contracts more than they want their dignity. So what is that going to look like for you? Right. What is that going to look like? Is that us developing our own work? And not saying that we haven't before. That's not what I'm saying. But is that more of like, you know what, since I know they're going to do the same thing, let me take this upon myself to create and to write and to do my own thing so that when things do go, you know, that when things do open back up, I can say thank you, but no thank you. I believe yes and no. I believe that it's on all sides. So mm -hmm. it's creating the work. It's finding new investors and people that can be producers that we haven't tapped into before. Mm -hmm. But it's also, if you're already working within it, to get on the boards that will help to change things, to show up to those equity meetings and start to demand change within equity. You know what I mean? To actually educate yourself on these handbooks and these manuals and link up with a lawyer that can tell you what these contracts mean and what you're actually owed. Mm -hmm. Um, what do those loopholes look like? Actually being able to not just, oh, I'm operating in my art and I'm, I'm, I'm here and, but actually understanding the business side of it, because that's what they know. Mm -hmm. That's what they respond to. You can tell them how you feel and that's fine. They're not going to respond to feelings. They respond to facts. Right. So to be able to come at them at, 
I don't want to say come at them because that sounds like it's war and it's not, but to be able to be the change in every aspect of what our industry looks like, yeah. I think is what's going to be key. And to have the longevity of that same um, zeal that you have right now, now that you're out of a job. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. The change needs to happen in all areas of the creating, the producing, the unions, everything. Mm -hmm. And so what would you say to artists who, you know, are have just heard what you said? Okay, I hear you, but we're having a hard time right now. Like, let's be very honest. We're having a hard time. What would you say to those who are struggling right now to keep that light? You know, because artists, we are the light. We, art is going to help us get through this time and get beyond this time. But for those who are like, I don't want to create anything, you know, what would you say to those who are really having a hard time right now? I would say grieve. Take your time. You're not going to get time like this to rest again mm -hmm. for a long time. So if you don't feel creative, don't try to force yourself to create, but watch something that inspires you. Mm -hmm. Maybe watch something that disturbs you, something that'll provoke some sort of thought. That's going to be the spark of creativity for you. Um, if there's an actress that you like, maybe watch an interview you know, of that particular actress. Or if there's an actress that you don't like, maybe watch a bootleg performance. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> no, but you know, everything's on YouTube. I'm just, I'm just. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> but <laughs> go on YouTube and look at their performance and figure out what it is that you don't like about it. Mm -hmm. You can take away from it. Just do small things. Read something. Um, I mean, my other outlet is, of course, charity and community service. And find other outlets that you're interested in. Maybe, maybe Pinterest is your thing. You know, creating a different board that is mm -hmm. alternate reality of what you see right now. Right. I always, I always say journaling and stuff, but I mean, even if you write down angry things and go outside and set that paper on fire, do so, you know, mm -hmm. um, and then feel your feelings to the fullest extent. Just don't let those feelings last too long. Cause sometimes we can have a pity party and there's no more cake. The balloons are on the ground. You have to know when that time is up. And when that time is up, start doing things that are going to bring a little bit of light to your life. Like I buy fresh flowers for myself every week just so it's something to look at in my room or mm -hmm. buying sheer curtains um, or light colored curtains so the sun can come in. And it just makes you feel lighter. Buying a nice smelling candle, whatever your favorite scent is. You know, just little things that will kind of spark that inspiration. And that creativity will come when it comes. Just don't force it. And don't feel like you have to because people are doing creative stuff on Instagram or Facebook and you see monologues or you see this and you're like, oh, everybody's using this time to become creative or be an entrepreneur. That's not that's not the norm. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? That is the exception to the rule. That is not the rule. So if you need to rest, rest. If you need to grieve, grieve and be true to yourself. Be true to those feelings. Right. That was beautifully put. And do you think that that's coming as you were speaking? I thought about, you know, being in New York and auditioning and constantly looking for another job, constantly looking for another gig. I say constantly pivoting like we are constantly reevaluating and adapting our situations. Do you think because that's our lifestyle in New York and in, you know, theater and TV and film that's out of New York when this whole year hit us that we didn't know what to do because we don't 
we're not running around. We're not reevaluating and adapting and, you know, turning the corner and seeing what's next that we kind of were like, wait, what? What happened? What? Wait, no, there's no more theater. There's no more TV and film. There's no more. I can't see my friends. I can't. Wait, what's happening? We didn't know how to process that. Yeah. And I think it also has to do with being such social people. Mm -hmm. You know, we look forward to interacting with people and seeing them, especially theater. Like one of the best things about theater is instant gratification. I know immediately how people feel about the performance, you know, Mm -hmm. seeing them light up, seeing them cry. And that constant interaction with people is what we thrive on. And not to be able to interact with people at all. That's like, what? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not just I miss the stage, but I miss my cast. I miss the people. I miss the handshakes on the side of the stage and the hugs and, and the laughs and all of that. And I, I, for me, I think that's what it is mm-hmm. the most. Um, I mean, auditioning gave me nightmares. So I, I've never really been a fan <laughs> of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the stillness, You know, when we're so used to getting up and going and having a schedule or knowing exactly what we're going to do on this time at this day, whether we were in a show or not in a show, if you were not in the show, you had a schedule to your hustle. There's a there's a um, discipline to that grind. You know, you you needed to wake up. You needed if you needed to go grab your headshots from Walgreens or print something out at Ripley Greer, you knew how all of that went. So to not have a schedule at all now and to have to actually think about what else can I do if I'm not using my voice, if I'm not using my talent, what would that look like? And I think that's that is a setback within itself. And to think, you know, what if I could never do it again? Mm. Because there are what seven tours closed since we've been uh, furloughed and a couple of Broadway shows, three Three to four Broadway shows have closed, mm-hmm. you know, and not having that that final show where you knew it was your final show. Right. I mean, I think all of it, all of those things, the human interaction, the being able to share in the joy and the pain of people, even people you don't even know, mm-hmm. that schedule, whether it was the grind or whether it was the show. And the harsh reality of if my industry doesn't come back in the way that I know it to come back, what else will I do? What else could I do? Some of us, uh, well, I didn't go to school for musical theater. I went to school for PR. But for some people who are like, this is all I ever wanted to do with my Mm -hmm. whole life. Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to be a Broadway performer when I was five, six. I've trained for this my entire life. like what do I do now? Right. You over here preaching to me because I declared when I was eight years old that I was going to be on Broadway. And so that has been my whole life. Like through high school, musical theater in college, when I got a master's in acting, like that has been my life. You better work master's in acting. <laughs> work. Thanks. <laughs> Little hair flip. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Black girl magic. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, I know that it has been my whole life. And not saying that I don't have other interests. I do. Like, you know me. I like to throw parties. I'm a, I'm a party planner, like dinner host. Like, come over for dinner. I'll make you dinner. I love parties and 
girl, when you mentioned Pinterest, I was like, yep, that's me too. I like Pinterest. <laughs> and, and so I do have other interests, you know, not saying that, but my trajectory my whole life was the theater and was mm-hmm. musical theater. And, and then I was just starting to branch into TV and film and, uh, I've now branched into voiceovers and luckily my agents are like, well, do you have a home studio? I was like, I can have a home studio. And so I do now because of um, COVID and everything that's happening. But you're right. The people like myself who were like, but this is what I've trained for my whole life. And what if it doesn't come back? You know that. But I've had to, girl, I've had to banish those thoughts. I've I yeah. had because if you look back in history, look at the Roaring Twenties. Look oh, at the yeah. Harlem Renaissance. So if history does repeat itself, y'all, we will be back. But Absolutely. it's like you said, how are we going to come back? Yeah. And also, like, you have other interests. I know a couple of people Mm-hmm. Not many who they're like, no, 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 this is all I do. No, 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 this is it. This is that. I'm like, you don't like anything else? Mm. Because I think when you have other interests, then you can focus on those other interests. You can say, oh, okay, you know what? Let me put, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take the time that I would have taken to perfect, you know, this, this choreography or this song, and I'm going to take it and I'm going to find some new software for event planning. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make my website look bomb. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Those other interests help in this time. But for those who have not even discovered those other interests, what does that look like for them? And, you know, everybody trying to rush to get to those like virtual teaching gigs and master classes or becoming an adjunct professor, you know, you're like, I, I where, where do I fit in? Where do I get in? And I think that's where the sadness comes in, you know, mm-hmm. the, the hurt and the pain of it. I do believe that we will be back. I just think when we come back, we need to come back with all the tools in our belt, mm-hmm. be as diverse and multifaceted as possible so that when we need to pivot, because our show closes in 18 days, Motown. Um, <laughs> I was trying not to laugh. But that's- <laughs> we already have something in the chamber that we're like, you know what? I can tap into this until my next blessing comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was beautifully put. If you don't have your hobbies or other thing, interests that you have, or even skills that you're, oh, I'm good at this, that you can nurture and grow right now, you know? Sit down yeah. and find them. Have a conversation with yourself. And what else do you like? And go from there. It's that. Like, I, okay, this also makes me happy. You know, like, I love yoga. And like I said, throwing parties and cooking. I also love traveling. Can't do that one right now. But <laughs> traveling and, and you know, being around people. I picked up ASL again. You know, yeah. American Sign Language. So that was my language in college. And I let it go. So I've picked that back up again. But things like that. Like, you said it beautifully. It's come back with the skills. Yeah. Cause could you imagine like, you're like, you know what? I'm going to be a, a ASL interpreter for Broadway shows while I wait for my next Broadway show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a business within itself. That's awesome. Yeah. But I have the time now. Yeah. You no, know, I have the time because before I, I started classes again in 2017, but they weren't consistent because I was always leaving. So I would like do a six week course in the city and then I'm like, okay, I'm gone for six months. And then I kind of have to start over when I got back was like, wait, do I remember how to sign that? Do I remember how to have this conversation? You know, 
So yeah. this time has been like, okay, I'm going to focus on that because that is, I would love to be an interpreter for theater. And so I have the time now to sit down and do classes over Zoom and really develop that skill. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what, what this time really is about is like developing everything that you have to its fullest so you can, like, I mean, come forth as shiny and as polished as you want to be or more than you ever thought you could be. Mm-hmm. And that's whatever that looks like to you. That's not, you have to be this kind of person, this type of this. You know, I think we're all going to have different tools, mm-hmm. but finding those tools that are for us and not worried about who else tools look like, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's beautiful. That was it. <laughs> that was it, Martina. You, you said it, girl. You said it. Thank you so much for sharing your story and about your nonprofit, The Heart Mission. Don't worry, y'all. I will put all of the information in the show notes. Oh, let me just interject real fast. I'm sorry. During this time, I have actually made my nonprofit a 501c3. It is officially certified, you know, as a 501c3. And that happened the Friday before um, Operation Hope which mm-hmm. was the event for the foster homes. Um, so yeah, I've, I've used this time to really like do the paperwork to become official. So yeah, I just wanted to say that because I'm, I'm excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Con- congrats. And you should be excited about that. That is a big deal. Congrats, Martina. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. You're welcome. So really now, before I let you go, <laughs> um, I must say to you that... I acknowledge you, I celebrate you, and I uplift you. Thank you. That that oh, that kind of choked me up a little bit. Um, <laughs> but same here, same to you. I I acknowledge you. I see you. I see everything that you're doing. I celebrate you. You know, I applaud you, thank and you. I I thank you, and I honor you, and I definitely thank you for having the conversations that's needed and giving a platform to have these conversations. And I'm just honored that you thought of me. Of course. Of course. Thank you, Martina. I'll talk to you soon. Martina, thank you so much for sharing your story, sis. Having a perspective of abundance and changing your thinking habits will help with the inner work we should all be embarking on. I buy myself flowers weekly, too, because they bring me joy. So I say, find something that brings you joy that will put a smile on your face and abundance in your heart. Martina, thank you again. And thank you for tuning in. I'll speak to you soon.